The One Micronesia podcast is brought to you by Docomo Pacific. Better together. Half a day, Mogasin and Yakwe. Welcome back to another episode of the One Micronesia podcast. And this is the first time on the podcast that I'm actually saying Yakwe because this, she's actually the first ever Marshallese to jump on the podcast. And I'm, I am so honored to have her on here because the work that she's done, the, the, her journey, through what she's trying to accomplish and the, the message that she's trying to get across is huge. It's one that I think we've been battling for so long, for so many years, but she is a young Marshallese climate warrior who is out there uh, trying to make this change happen. All right. So with us on the podcast today, I do have the one, the only Selena Lamb on the podcast. Selena, thank you so much uh, for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be part of this. Uh, and as the first Marshallese as well, what an incredible honor. And I just want to um, say, you know, this is, it's not just me in this fight. It's a lot of people as well. So it's not just one person. It's a, it's a whole pack of us. That's awesome. And you're right, because it can't, it, 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 we need the whole world to come together for something, for a big change like this to happen, you know? Just one island or one person can't do it alone. So that you're totally right. Um, so uh, before we get down to the business, the, the what got you into it and, and, and your goals and things that you've done, uh, let's start with getting to know you. Uh, tell us more about you. Well, Yawai Olive. My name is Selena Lam and I am from Aiden Greenar. That's the Marshall Islands. And I am a 23-year-old climate warrior. I, my clan name is Raur, and I was born and raised in the Marshalls until I was 16, and that's when I went abroad to Germany to finish my high school, and since then, I've just been all over the place, but for the time being, I'm based in Washington State in the United States. Wow. Okay. Now that I didn't know, I thought you moved from, uh, for your school, you moved from the Marshalls to the States. I didn't know you went to Germany. What, what, what was it? Because was family member a military? What, why Germany? Well, uh, there's this program called United World College. Nice. And it's an international organization that has high schools all over the world. There's currently 16, I believe. And they offer scholarships. And so we have a national committee in the Marshalls that I applied through. And I won the scholarship to Germany that year. Hence, I was able to go and finish the last two years of high school. So it was, yeah, it was by the grace of God. A scholarship was gifted onto me. And that's how I went there. That is crazy to, to find out, to learn that, you know, you, you know, usually, you know, we'll get out from the islands. Like I'm from Yap, like we'll just go to Guam or go to Hawaii or go to the States for high school. Right. But, but you, you know. <laughs> Honestly, um, what an amazing scholarship it, that was to, to actually take you all the way past the United States of America, all the way there across the pretty much the other side of the world to Germany. How was that? Like, how was an island girl? How was that transition? It was a lot. And coming from the islands, I, I remember when I was there, I still felt as if I was not there. Like I was living in a in a dream world. Just because growing up, as you said, as you said, Europe and other parts of the world, they're never really in our scope. It's usually just stretches as far as the United States. 
And so when I was there, it really felt surreal. And there was a lot of lots and lots of things to accommodate to. But one of the reasons, because during that year, we had two scholarship opportunities, and that was to the school in Canada and then the one in Germany. But Germany, uh, the school in Germany, UWC Robert Bosch College, focuses specifically on uh, sustainability. And during that time, I was 16. And I was going through a lot of things. I was growing up, coming to learn my learn or starting to own up for myself as a young girl. Um, and a lot of the things that I felt my culture was restricting me. But at the same time, I felt that I needed to, to do something for my country because I was seeing the state that it was in. So I thought, what better place to go to? You know, you're killing two birds with one stone. I get to be as far away from this one place where I felt I was being caged in. But at the same time, I was going to be learning something that I feel like would benefit my country as a whole. So how is that? How is I guess after high school, I guess after, during college, you, you've traveled. So t- t- tell us more about the places you've been to and stuff like that. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> um, so after I graduated uh, high school, I our school is really great in that they actually encourage their students to take gap years if they have not decided yet what they want to do or what they what they would like to be. And um, they have a program where they offer internships to their students in the other schools over the world. And so I applied to their internship program at the school in China and I got accepted. So I spent about a year there after I graduated high school. And after that, I was in Woodby in FSM where I stayed for half a year, half of that year, I was uh, getting to know the place, also attending a semester at the College of Micronesia there, doing uh, Micronesian studies. And the other half of the year, I was going back and forth, traveling a lot, um, really getting, really honing and focusing on my uh, work as a climate warrior. A lot of invitations were coming in to go speak at this event. And there were also events that I wanted to participate in. So I applied for those so that, offered me more opportunities to travel mostly to Europe and North America. And this is where uh, most of my advocating has been done in. And um, after that, that brought me to the US because then I started interning at our embassy in New York. Um, I was brought in as a youth representative to just work and start uh, helping our embassy with lead up to the climate summit that happened in 2019. Wow. And then I found my way over to Washington because um, my family lives here. So, and I hadn't seen them in over two years. Wow. So I was finally to the job, my last job in New York. They said, okay, we're able to fund you to go back to wherever you need to go to. So I was like, oh my gosh, I can finally see my family. So, so it's very inspiring. And, uh, and what an amazing story. I've been very blessed. And I've had a lot of, lot of, lot of people who have supported me along the way. So all of this would not have been possible if it wasn't for them too. All right, so guys, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to get down to business. We're going to find out what's sparked um, this fire in her to, to, to fight for something that's it's been being fought for for so many years 
And that's climate change. We'll talk about that coming up in just a little bit. We'll find out how her love for for the fight against climate change started. Uh, we'll come back after this. You're watching the One Micronesia podcast. We brought to you by Docomo Pacific. It is better together. Gets better with more. Customize and save with the fastest internet speeds in the Marianas by adding mobile, phone, and TV to your bundle with Business Bundles Plus. Docomo Pacific Business. Work better together. For the different beats of your life, we're here to keep you connected the way you want it. Plans made for you by you. Build your own bundle with Link. Select the internet, entertainment, mobile, and home phone plans that fit your lifestyle. Pay for what you want, not for what you don't. Build your own bundle and save with Link. Hafere, Mogasin, and Yagwe. And we're back. We're still talking with Selena uh, Lamb, a Marshallese climate warrior. And we talked about how we uh, got to know her. You know, we got to know... Uh, you know how she was born and raised in the Marshall Islands. We learned that she went at, at 16 years old. She flew to Germany to finish off her high school years. And then she she traveled uh, around the world, even uh, lived in Pompeii for a year. And then, you know, learned that like, she was working with the embassy. And then now she's back in Washington with her family. Wow. What an amazing and inspiring story. Uh, but right now, let's ask this question. You are all about something and you're all about climate change. You're all about fighting for a cause. Now, your passion for this, how did it all start? It started with my grandfather when I was young uh, and I would misbehave. He would always tell me that the that God will flood the earth in the end. And as a bad child, I'm not going to have a place to live in heaven if I keep doing that. And I don't know... Um, I have no idea if he really was observing and seeing all the changes that was happening around us. But after he said that, I just became so super sensitive to all that was happening around me. And I don't know if my mind was playing a trick on me, but the next summer I would think, oh my God, is it hotter this year than it was last year? And then when we would have inundations, I would look at this, the waves and think, wow, they look bigger than they were last year and so that started from just those reprimands that he would give me and I would tell my friends and one day um, I was reading a text from the science notebook that we had and it said you know corals grew where suns are um, where the sun rays reach and so I was like oh my gosh this could be the solution (laughs) So I went out with my friends and every single day we would go out to the to the barrier reef in our hometown, Lehman Town. We'd go out there and just, you know, collect like little corals and then plant them along that barrier in where the water, we felt the water would be shallow enough or the, the light could reach as far down. And these, we were like kids and we thought that these corals would grow to be like giant corals that would then be the barricade for our home from the incoming tides and 
every single day we would go and check these corals and now thinking back on it i'm just like wow that was my first act as a climate warrior (laughs) so at what point in time did you decide that this was something that you're going to pursue because you could have went to others you could have been a doctor you know you could have been you could have been a lawyer right or a politician right you studied to be a politician so but at what point in time did you think like this is what i want to focus my energy towards i don't think i ever really decided it at one point i think it just was just there and just given to me because climate change isn't re- isn't is not the one thing that i'm also just focused on it's also there's also all these other social issues that my country faces that i feel are also very important to address and so those were the things that i was talking about mostly when i was there but then going to germany and the school would have these environmental laureates events happen every year and our school would host it and i was asked to speak at one of these events and then people who came, they were all laureates who came, they came to learn about the Marshall Islands, came to learn about the crisis there. And they started inviting me to other events they were hosting outside of the school and within Germany or outside of Germany. And I was able to go there as a student. I We have a visa that allowed me to travel to other countries outside of Germany. And my my government also came to learn about the things that I was doing over there. So they invited me to come to the COP21. That was the 2015 Conference of the Parties in Paris. And they had asked me to join the team as a delegate to shadow our then foreign foreign minister, Tony de Bruyne. So all the meetings and events that he attended, I was part of until the very last day where he shared the the closing statement for that event with myself. And as a very international and very, um, very with just with such a very high, um, like there's a lot of attention that goes to these, to that event. It garnered a lot of attention and a lot of invites then started pouring from there. And so I was like, oh, wow, okay, we're okay. So I guess this is <laughs> this is something to, um, to be in and keep going for it. And so I've just been here since. Talk, let's talk about uh, when it comes to climate change, how is it affecting the Marshall Islands right now? The Marshall Islands are on average two meters above sea level. That's about six feet or more. And when we get inundations and king tides so these are when the tides are at their highest you will see seawalls that have been built to be above the land you'll see these waves rise and go above these seawalls and just rush into the land and because we're so small there's so many parts of the island at least on Midoro where I was born and raised that's also the capital you can stand in the middle and you'll see both the ocean and the lagoon side and during these moments, that's when you realize just how vulnerable your country and your people are, especially in the face of all these cri- of this crisis. And sure, we've experienced inundations before, we've had droughts before, but because of the crisis, a lot of these 
natural patterns have become even more exacerbated and happening too frequently and um, in, a, in, in, a, in, a, in a state that my country is not able to keep up with. And because we also have very little resources, um, it just puts, a, puts us in, even in, in an even more precarious um, situation. And so it just makes sense that we would be very vocal about the crisis that's happening in our country, especially in these international spaces, because it's so easy, so, so, so easy to have all these big countries trump over us. Um, but when you take this opportunity to, to I shouldn't say that word. Um, when you take when you take these um, the situation that you're in, and instead of you know being left despondent about it, you realize okay, I have something to I can do something about this. I have a voice, and this is a platform that I can use that voice in. It's definitely not easy. There's going to be a lot of shut doors, but with um, help from civil society, all that's all of us people, all the NGOs any kind of entities or individual that is out there that you feel are in the same cause as you, they will see what you're going through and they will feel the passion and the, the, the resilience as well as the desperation that you're experiencing because they too will also be experiencing or, or are already experiencing the same thing, but it's just a different phase where with sea level rising and droughts, whereas they have wildfires mm -hmm. and all these other disasters that are happening. And so it's a, it's a collective effort and all of that has really propelled us to be at the state that we are in today. So before we take a break, I wanted to just throw this out there and just kind of pick out your brain. Um, you know, as a young, young Micronesian activist, as a, a, a Marshallese climate warrior, um, what are what are what are some solutions or ways that, that we can do to help combat uh, climate change in, in, in your opinion? In my opinion, just being a conscious um, dweller on this earth. And when you're conscious about the things, the actions that you're doing, the and just comes down even to where you're getting your items from, buying things from, um, what, are, what are the things that you enjoy doing? How are they impacting the environment that you're living in or somebody else's environment? And just taking a quote um, from, I forgot the, <laughs> The phrasing in Marshallese, but essentially it means, you know, um, you take care of your drop of water, I'll take care of my drop of water. But it all combines to this one big ocean that all of us are part of, and we should be taking care of it. And so we're all not just individual beings, but we're all interconnected in so many ways. What I buy affects somebody from this part of the world. And so being conscious of that. Um, I think can make us move forward in the right direction. Wow. Beautiful quote and beautiful explanation. Thank you so much. Uh, Selena, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, the two things that you did pretty much right before this podcast, two big things. We talk about TED Talk. Also going to talk about your experiences at uh, COP26. So we'll talk about that coming up in just a little bit. You're watching the One Micronesia podcast brought to you by Docomo Pacific. It's better together.
It only gets better with more. Customize and save with the fastest internet speeds in the Marianas by adding mobile, phone, and TV to your bundle with Business Bundles Plus. Docomo Pacific Business. Work better together. For the different beats of your life, we're here to keep you connected the way you want it. Plans made for you, by you. Build your own bundle with Link. Select the internet, entertainment, mobile, and home phone plans that fit your lifestyle. Pay for what you want, not for what you don't. Build your own bundle and save with Link. Hafre, Mogithin, and Yakwe, and we are back. One Micronesia podcast. I'm still here with Marshallese climate warrior, Selena Lamb. So, Selena, wow, you talked about how it all started for you. You talked about your being born in the Marshalls and then talked about your journey throughout pretty much the world and, and your experiences. We also talked about climate change, something that you're very passionate about amongst other issues that is affecting uh, the world, but most especially your home of Marshall Islands. You're not just about the talking, but you're actually out there doing stuff. You're out there presenting at, at different platforms. And one of the most famous platforms is TED Talks. How did you get the opportunity? And, and let's talk about your presentation. For a TED Talk, uh, I was reached out on Facebook. <laughs> there was a message and it was this young uh, also another young uh, colleague who had told me, oh, this person is trying to reach me from TED. And um, then I told, I gave them my email and I was reached out to by one of their head curators. And they asked, oh, uh, we would like to offer you um, if you can please come and speak at our TED countdown event that's happening in Scotland. And then I also learned later on that one of my really close friends, and she's also very dear, uh, Marshallese, uh, she is also, she is actually part of their youth council group. I don't really remember the name of it, but she's part of that group too. And she told me that she had suggested myself to the uh, group when they were asking if, they, if there's anybody they would suggest to come speak at this event. So um, I have these two awesome people <laughs> who were able to connect me to TED. And then um, after I received the email, I really took my time before responding back just because I was I was going through a lot at that moment and imposter syndrome was also really big <laughs> during that time in my life as well. I mean, it wasn't that long ago, but um, I really thought, wow, do I really have it all to be to actually be on this platform. It, it just seems so big and so daunting. And I felt like I didn't have the credit, credit, credibility for all of that. But after some time of reflecting and telling myself, hey, I've done this for some time now, and this is a platform that can really help elevate my people's story and what we're going through. So take it. And so I finally responded back and said, I am very, very honored. Um, and should we start writing up the speech? So that's how the how it got there. Wow. So let's talk about, I mean, I mean, you, not to, to, to do the speech all over again on here, but let's talk about some of the, the key points in your, in your uh, presentation. So the speech, I spoke about how, oh, as I was talking before, 
about how the height of the islands where experiencing inundations, droughts, especially in the Northern islands, how these affect us specifically in that we have to ration water, um, especially during drought season, we have to ration the water. And if, if sometimes it's only, they only open the faucet, the public water once a week, only for probably up to four hours. And it's in this one day in this four hour where the all of us are trying to fill up all of our water tanks, the catchments, the containers, the gallons. And then in these inundations, um, schools and churches often open their doors and people, and they offer to the community members to come and sleep over because especially for those who live near the shoreline, um, their houses are the ones most affected. So they are the ones who are advised to go sleep over at these places. So they become shelters for people. And I've had to go and live, uh, sleep over at these, at a church as well. That was the, it was the Mormon church. So we've had to go along with my siblings, the rest of my family, we've had to go and sleep over as well. So these are the things, uh, those were the points that I was making in my presentation. Tell us more about uh, that experience uh, for you going to your second uh, second uh, conference. So for the COP26, um, the offer came quite last minute. I wasn't even expecting to be there at all because it was in Scotland too. And Ted was also in Edinburgh and Glasgow is an hour away from Edinburgh by train. And they were just a week apart, if I remember correctly. So I could have just stayed on, but I came back because I was like, oh, I'm not, I don't think I'm going there. I haven't received any invitation. But I met another person who's who's worked with our government previously, and they told me, "Hey, we have a we have accommodation. We also have funding, so we can get you to come over." And I was like, "Oh my gosh, I would love to!" And it was awesome because she was with a she was with an NGO. And my first cop, I was mainly in the negotiations. I never really got to do all the stuff that was outside of the negotiation space. So I felt like I really missed a lot, um, especially because that's where all the youth and people my age were also pretty active in and they were involved in. And in the negotiation spaces, even when I was there at the COP26, I really didn't understand what they were talking about because the language they use is very, very technical. And you come in and you say, okay, these people have worked in these spaces for a long, long time because they have their own language that they're speaking. And I was just very pumped up and excited to actually be involved in the outside activities. And then uh, my government learned that I was going. <laughs> and so they were like, oh, okay, okay, we also have fundings for you. So um, I've been very blessed to have like these people my government has been very supportive of youth being part of their delegation, really seeing how um, we help in amplifying our message and the role that we play in this field. And so I got to be part of our delegation again and had a really great team as well. They were very, very supportive and just um, helping me with a lot of my shortcomings and just guiding me very patiently. So I was really appreciative of that as well as very being very accommodating to my mental health um, and also the activities that I've already been I've already promised or made commitments to outside of my duties as a, 
as a delegate delegate for the Marshall Islands. Uh, we're going to take a break. You're watching the One Micronesia podcast being brought to you by Dokomo Pacific. It's better together. Gets better with more. Customize and save with the fastest internet speeds in the Marianas by adding mobile, phone, and TV to your bundle with Business Bundles Plus. Docomo Pacific Business. Work better together. For the different beats of your life, we're here to keep you connected the way you want it. Plans made for you by you. Build your own bundle with Link. Select the internet, entertainment, mobile, and home phone plans that fit your lifestyle. Pay for what you want, not for what you don't. Build your own bundle and save with Link. Hafidei, Mogathin, and Yakaway. And we're back here with the last part of the podcast. We're speaking with uh, climate warrior, uh, Selena Lamb. Uh, Selena, before we close out here, a message either to the viewers or just a message in general about climate change or whatever you have you, that you want to close out with? I would like to say, if you're feeling the eco-anxiety as much as I am, just remember that there are solutions. We can work through this together, not just one individual. So this, no matter the state that you are in right now, if you're in a state of just... Um, you've become immobilized by the anxiety. I understand. Give yourself time. Don't think that you're alone. Um, myself and many of other climate warriors in this world, we're going to keep going on this fight. And you take your time until you're ready to join us again. Otherwise, don't, don't stop. Just keep going. All right. And then, uh, Selena, before we go, uh, your social media, if people want to follow your journey and because and, it's very inspiring talk that we had today. And I'm pretty sure, especially young Micronesians watching right now and, and feeling really uh, influenced in, 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 by your story and want to join in and want to follow your journey. So where can people go follow you? I have my Twitter and my Instagram. Twitter, they all have the same uh, handle. So it's the... What is it called? Underscore. underscore? Yes. Mm -hmm. Underscore L I P puppy underscore L I puppy 12. And then I have a blog as well. That one you can just find it's on the, on the bio. The link is on the bio of both of my Twitter and Instagram. Wow. Amazing. Selena. I got to say thank you so much. I know uh, th this has been in the, the, the works for so long. Well, since I found you and it's been weeks, you, you went to TED Talk and COP26 and you're back. So thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to, to sit down and just chit chat and, and to, to let the people know you know the work that you're doing and and and, and the message that you're trying to, to to push across. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really, really honored. All right. Well, there you have it, guys. Another podcast in the books. Uh, we'll catch you guys on the next one. My name is Victorious and I just got to say peace. The One Micronesia Podcast is brought to you by Docomo Pacific. 
better together.